I'm Zachary Cartwright. This is Water and Food. Earlier today, I had the chance to sit down with Shanti Luce at Cliff Bar. We talked about their different products as well as their new pet food line. Hear what she has to say on Water and Food. All right, hi, Shanti. Welcome to the Water and Food podcast. Thank you for being here today. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is my first time uh, doing a podcast, so. Well, that's awesome. We're, we're happy to have you. You know, when we first started this podcast, uh, Cliff Bar was one of the top companies that I, I wanted to reach out to and, and get on the show. I've had a, a lot of Cliff Bars in my lifetime, and so I, I'm really excited to have you here. Nice. Um, Shanti, what is, what is your role at, at Cliff Bar? What do you do there? So I'm the Senior Innovation and Technology Manager on our Food Safety and Quality Assurance Team, which is kind of a mouthful. I think a lot of times people see innovation in the title and they assume that I have more of a lean towards that, but it is very much food safety focused. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been doing this role at Cliff? Um, I've been, actually, this May will be six years. Oh, wow. Oh. And, and what's that six years been like for you? Has it been a uh... Fun or exciting or has it been tough? What's it's, it like? It's been it's been good. It's been really good. Cliff is a, a great company to work for. Um, it is a little weird to think that like the last two years I've been working from home. So two of the <laughs> six years I've been working from home, but it is wow. it's it's been great. Yeah. And how did you land into this role? What what did you do before this? Maybe in school or, or other jobs? How, how did you prepare for this specific role? So this role is is kind of unique and my background I think play it, it set me up well for this role. So basically I spent the first don't want to age myself but like first let's call it the first chapter of my career working in food testing laboratories. Um and so one of the labs that I worked for the first lab that I worked for even before I graduated from college it was very much focused on um kind of the the samples in samples out model which was great because it exposed me to sample methods and different type of food commodities and what type of issues those might have and you know but it was very much um just kind of on the testing side but it also allowed me like anytime on the the salespeople were going out to visit a customer i would always raise my hand like can i come along and so i just got a lot <laughs> of exposure to a lot of different parts of the food industry and then mm-hmm. the second lab that i worked for it was a combination of a testing lab a consulting lab a research lab and we did food microbiology testing, we did food chemistry testing, we had a pilot plant, we had sensory. And so when I would work on projects, I it wasn't just a matter of you give me a sample, I give you a result. It's let's talk about what your ultimate goal is. Let's make sure that we're getting there together. It's doing shelf life studies, you know, with in conjunction with our sensory folks, in conjunction with our chemistry folks. And so it really was more of a consulting role. That mm-hmm. road, that lab also, I was allowed to do a lot of traveling internationally. And so seeing how different countries handle food safety, you know, issues and concerns and things like that, and even just testing methodologies was really, really helpful and set me up nicely for this role. And so this role at Cliff, it wasn't the role I applied for, but it's mm-hmm. the role that I, that I got. And it's, it, it, I, I like this role. It's, it's really nice. It's, it's very, it's very different every single day. It never gets boring. And I, I think you brought up a, a couple of really good points. And one of them is that you don't always get the job that you apply to, but you kind of land where your your skill set takes you. So yeah. and my position has been very similar. And, and the second thing is that um, I think it's really important for students or people thinking about being in the food industry to get as much exposure as possible. And when you go into a, 
seeing a, a product being made in production or, or even traveling internationally, I think that creates a lot of excitement and, you know, learning what's out there and, and how other people or companies are trying to challenge uh, different things that they're working on. So yep, sure. uh, I'm wondering in your role, you, you mentioned it's more towards food safety and, and not so much innovation, but are there certain things that you've been able to, to push for in your role that maybe Cliff Bar wasn't doing before or, or new safety practices and anything like that? So our food safety team is, is I mean, it was strong before I joined, you know, and it mm -hmm. continues to be strong. Um, my role does, I do work on the innovation side, meaning I'm working with our cross-functional teams as we roll out new products onto the market. You know, as a food safety team, we're always looking at what, you know, obviously the, the potential risk that may exist with our current ingredients, you know, manufacturing partners, all of those things. But especially, you know, in my role, you know, working with the cross-functional teams on the innovation side, it's about you know, okay, we're starting to work with ingredients that we haven't worked with before. What are the potential risks and how do we mitigate those risks? Um, and so mm -hmm. it is, food safety is always evolving and this isn't exclusive to, to Cliff Bar by any means. All companies are having to try to figure out, you know, how do we, how do we manage these potential risks? You know, and so it is, it is, it is ever, ever changing, ever evolving. And how do these risks relate to the water in your products? So this this is the Water and Food prod, uh, Podcast. And so why is water important to, to the products that you make? I mean, water is important to a lot of the products, you know, and, and it's not just a, a, a cliff bar thing, but understanding what, you know, how much water we're putting into the food, whether it's part of the ingredients, you know, because people don't always think about that. They think, oh, well, is there water in the recipe? Well, yeah, there might be, there may or may not be water in the recipe, but there's also water coming in with certain type of ingredients. And so you have to mm -hmm. look at that as the full picture. And depending on what that process is for making that product, if you aren't baking that off, then, you know, having large amounts of water in your food could lead to issues, quality issues, food safety, food safety issues down the line. And so it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's important for, for our products because we tend to have low moisture food, you know, and so understanding what those, the, the water activity levels are, that's a very key attribute for the majority of the products that we make. And when in your process are you measuring water activity? Is this just on final goods? Do you monitor throughout production? What does that look like for your team? So it, it, it just kind of depends. I mean, as our developers, our research and development team, as they're developing product, that's something that they're looking at. They may look at it, you know, uh, pre-process and post-process. Usually once we move into the commercial phase, we're usually just looking at it, you know, post-process. But it just kind of depends on what the product is. You know, we have bars, we have, you know, things for athletes. We have cereal products now, or, you know, which I'm, we can talk about. We have pet food mm -hmm. coming out. So we have a lot of different products. Products. And so it isn't always the same for all the products, but in pretty right. much across the board, water activity is kind of an, an important target that we're looking at. And is water activity something that Cliff Bar has used since, since you've been there? Have you seen more of these measurements being taken over time or what has that process looked like? It's it's always been an important thing for, for Cliff mm -hmm. Bar based on the type of, of products that we that we have. And so, you know, we have we have meters at our innovation center, we have meters in our research and development kitchens, we have meters at our own bakeries. And so yeah, it's 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 ongoing. This isn't something new that we've been looking at. Mm-hmm. And, and I noticed that with a lot of companies, it, it's not just in one section and, and it surely depends on the product, but it's really all around from R&D to quality control and production, being able to have those measurements so that you understand your products 
Uh, what are some of the other challenges that you face when, when you try to come up with a, a new flavor or a, a new product and we'll get to the pet food? What are some of the challenges that your team faces? I mean, right now, the big challenge that I think everybody's going through is supply chain. You know, how do mm -hmm. how do we get the ingredients that we we want to work with to, especially on the, the innovation side? You know, I mean, everybody's having issues with supply chain with their existing lines. And now you talk about, well, we want to come out with new products, which means new ingredients a lot of times, you know, and how do we get those things? Um, but I think as we work outside of bars, you know, so when we were working with cereal, it's, there's a whole new process. It's a completely different process when you're making cereal or pet food or any of those things versus making bars. So there's a lot more things that we have to kind of educate ourselves on, but that's, that's the exciting part is when you get to learn something right. new, you know, we've got the, we've got the bar process down pretty, pretty well. And you've mentioned the the starting ingredients a few times. Do do you do anything once those ingredients arrive? Do you measure the water in them, or, or how do you monitor those ingredients so that you know that you can get a, a consistent final product? There's so we have we do look at the the ingredients, and so we're working with our suppliers and understanding what are the attributes that they basically are measuring on a regular basis, and we are you know therefore requiring certificates of analysis that go in with each lot of products so that we make sure you know things like and water activity honestly isn't a big one that is always looked at on the ingredient side. It still tends to be more on the the moisture side. Um, mm -hmm. I think with some ingredients, I would like to see that trend of looking at maybe moisture and water activity in conjunction sure. rather than just moisture. But unfortunately, I think a lot of times people don't fully understand what water activity is. They think, well, we're doing moisture, so we're covered. And it's obviously, you know, probably better than anybody. It's not the same thing. And so, sure. yeah, we definitely, from the development work through the commercialization phase, we have very, um, we have certificates of analysis that are coming in. We have cliff ingredient specs for all of our ingredients so that we say, okay, here are the chemical attributes, here are the physical attributes, here are the microbiological attributes. And then that way, when it gets to the manufacturing facility, they can say, okay, here are the requirements and here's what this particular lot has. And yes, it's in spec, therefore we can proceed with you know production. And I, I see that really often, the moisture content and water activity, even though some industries or some companies may be really used to water or excuse me, to moisture content, I do see more and more companies wanting both measurements. And, yep. and that's something that we can easily do now. Yep. Um, what is your favorite Cliff Bar flavor? Do you have a, a favorite or are you sick of Cliff Bars? Have you tried them all? No, you no, know, no. Is there one that you always go back to? Yeah, so I'm a I'm a sucker for anything lemon. So Luna Lemon <laughs> Zest is is there. We now have mashups, which is mm -hmm. a lemon with a blueberry, which is very very good. Um, the Cliff cereal, the blueberry flavor, is is my favorite, and so I, I like to buy that. I had some fresh blueberries in there as well. It's good without mm -hmm. the fresh blueberries as well. Um, and then Cliff Thins, those are those are mm -hmm. pretty good. And then actually Zvar Protein chocolate mint. I sometimes mm. will eat mm. those. I know they're supposed to be for kids, but you know, we're all kids. <laughs> um, but those right. sometimes I'll eat for dessert because it's just, it's like a, it's like an Oreo cookie, but without the the sugar. <laughs> so sure. it's good. Well, I have a, How about a, you? a new have favorite. Yeah, I have a, a new favorite. I, I uh, got some of the holiday flavors this year and okay. I tried the peppermint bark and I, I would say that's probably my favorite right now. Yes. Not just because the the flavor, but I really like the texture. Uh, of that specific bar. Um, so that, that one hits the spot, but I like a lot of them, any chocolate, peanut butter, kind of, kind of the basic ones, but they, they're always really good. 
Yeah. Um, what are the differences between Cliff Bar, Luna Bar, and Cliff Kid Bars um, from a, maybe a taste perspective, but also w- what's going into these products to make them different? Yeah. The, the, the process is different. We're developing bars for different eating occasions for, for different audiences, but it doesn't mean that, you know, Z bars are tailored for kids. And so therefore only kids can eat them. You know, I just owned up to the fact that I eat the the Z bar proteins, you know, those are good. (laughs) And Luna bars were tailored for women, but we hear that men like them, you know, just as much. And in fact, at one point we had a t-shirt that said something like, uh, real men eat Luna bars. So (laughs) it really just kind of depends on what the occasion is. You know, Mm. we have a whole athletic series where we have blocks and we have gels depending on what type of activity that you're participating in. And so, you know, there are there is information on our website that kind of gives a little bit of guidance as far as, okay, you're going out on a hike, here's the product that you probably want to take. So it is, you know, there's there's crossover as far as the audience, but it's really about the the eating occasion that we're that we're going for. And is one of those products in in particular harder to make or presents more challenges or, or just depends? I think it just depends. I mean, like I said, with our with our bars, we've we've done them, you know, for so long that we've we've got that dialed in. It's it's mm-hmm. as we work outside of the the bar category that we have to, you know, get more creative and and educate ourselves on on new processes and new equipment and and things like that. Which is again the it's it's the fun thing to do. So it's nice. And uh, I know people who consume Cliff Bars, are, they're probably familiar that you have your Cliff athletes. I was wondering if you could talk about the process of, of getting Cliff athletes and, and maybe if you have a, a favorite or, or maybe somebody that you guys are going after now. Yeah, I can't speak to that process. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. involved in that <laughs> process. Um, you know, I, I hear about the athletes along, along with the rest of the company. We have a whole team that does a, a fantastic job of developing those relationships with athletes. But it is interesting, you know, I would say in the last, you know, year or so, we've, I, I think broaden the the type of athletes, the type of sports that we are, mm-hmm. you know, supporting, you know, before it was obviously we have a, a biking background. So it was very much, you know, biking and rock claiming and things like that. One of the athletes that we started sponsoring and he was on, you know, one of our, the packaging was Daniel Rowancheck and he's mm-hmm. a, a parent athlete and he participated in the last Olympic games. And I'll be honest, I had never heard of him before we started sponsoring him. And so so that's what I love about the, you know, Cliff sponsoring these athletes is it brings visibilities to these athletes that probably mm. wouldn't always get that much visibility. And this guy is awesome. I mean, he competes in the Boston Marathon and the New York Marathon, and he just, he, he won a gold and a bronze at the Tokyo Games, you know, and he's just, I, I appreciate the fact that now I have him on my radar. I follow him on Instagram and he's just, he's, he's incredible to watch. So yeah, it's just, it's great. Well, when I when I went online and looked at Cliff Bar and you know look at all your athletes, I was really impressed by just the the wide range of types of athletes now and uh, the people that you have. So anybody listening to this, I, I really encourage them getting on and, and just seeing the athletes that you have and learning about their stories. And and like you said, I think it helps give them some visibility. So yeah. that's awesome. I, I'm I'm glad that we could talk about that. Um, but besides uh, energy bars, what other products are you working on? I, I know we kind of briefly mentioned it before, but pet food. I'd like to spend some time on pet food and understand what what's happened, why you've decided to go from the human market to yep. the, the pet market. 
Yeah. So before I talk about the pet food, so we have the cereal, which I've mentioned that I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Um, we have Cliff Thins which is, mm -hmm. it's still kind of a, a bar, but I, I like them. But sometimes in the morning I'll have a cup of tea and then they just, you know, we've got a, a chocolate chip and a white chocolate Mac and a chocolate brownie. So those are, are really good. Um, but Cliff has a history of being very pet friendly. We're a dog friendly office when we were working in the office. Um, <laughs> but it is something where, you know, it when we were working in the office, you know, people would come in and guests would come in and you would see dogs everywhere. And, it, you know, we we're an open concept office, with, but <laughs> it, it, it was nice because you could walk around the office and you wouldn't have known it, but there probably were anywhere from 20 to 30 dogs in the office at any given time, you know, and sometimes one dog barks and it sets off the, the rest of them. But it's, you know, I just love, you know, I would bring in our dog, you know, when I would come in on Fridays. And so it was, it just kind of, I don't know how quickly the incubator team came to that conclusion, but it just makes sense. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's in our DNA. Um, and so, you know, you think about through the pandemic, the number of families that added some type of pet to their, to their family. And, 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 and I think that's a big part of it is, you know, pets are part of the family, you know, that's mm -hmm. just, that's who they are. They, they end up on our Christmas cards, you know, we, they end up on our Instagram. And so it was just, I think a really natural transition to, to, you know, go from, you know, human food and then into now into pet food. Well, on Cliff's website, one of the things that stands out to me is, is uh, there's a quote on there that just basically says that, you know, you serve or, or Cliff Bar serves everybody in your family now, including your pet. And, and I really like that. And I think you're right. Uh, you know, the, the pet is part of the family. I, I'm one of those people who got a, a dog during uh, the pandemic. I, I was trying to bring her in, but uh, they wouldn't, wouldn't let me. So, oh. but I, I'd be interested to, to get the Cliff uh, pet uh, food and, and see how she likes it and uh, learn more about it. So yeah, this is a, a really interesting pivot, but yeah. uh, one of the things that stands out to me is that I, I got to visit uh, Cliff Bar in California. I guess it's been a few years now, but I, I remember seeing all the pets there and uh, it, it was awesome. I, I like how inclusive Cliff is and, and being able to bring your pet in, I, I think is a great idea. So I'm sure that helped push you guys in that direction. Did you have uh, like tasting panels with the, the dogs that were in the office or what did that process look like? Um, so yeah, I think they did some professional work, believe it or not, there's kind of professional dog tasters, but yeah, definitely, um, mm. had, you know, some consumer feedback. In fact, I just, you know, I was actually in the office yesterday and, and had a chance to bring some home and did some, uh, consumer work with, with our dog. And he, he loved it. He, he was, he was at the, the, the packet before I even opened up the pouch. He sniffed it out and was just basically like, can I have some please? So he, he really enjoyed it. So I'm, I'm glad that now that we have that to offer him. And are these products plant-based? I, I know a lot of your other products are. W yes. What are the ingredients going into these pet food products? These are, these are plant-based. And, and I think the reason that we went um, plant-based is, you know, because I think a lot of times people think that dogs are, are natural carnivores. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not to say that dogs won't eat meat if you, if you feed it to them. Um, sure. But, you know, it is good to have that variety in there, you know, so having fruits and vegetables and things like that. Um, it's just, it, provides, you know, things like antioxidants and fibers and, you know, things that, that dogs need. You know, I know that 
growing up when I had a dog, you know, our family had a dog, it wasn't about the nutrition side of it. You know, it was about which is kind of the cheapest food, <laughs> you know, where right. now it's about, you know, I mean, our dog gets organic food, you know. And so, again, because they're part of our family, you know, well, if we're eating organic or we're eating plant based, why shouldn't our pet eat plant based as well? Mm hmm. And what is next for you and, and your team? What's the the future maybe this year or five years, 10 years down the road? What, what's it look like for Cliff? What are some of the new things that you're working on? Um, well, I mean, from a, from a food safety standpoint, you know, our team is working through the challenges. I mean, the, the food world, food ingredients, it's a global market and understanding those, those challenges and those potential risks and understanding how we mitigate those, you know, it's, it's something that again is, is ever evolving. Um, and so it is something that we're always educating ourselves on, you know, what the up and coming trend is, you know, mycotoxins, for example, is something that, you know, I think certain ingredients in certain industries probably paid a little bit more attention to than others, where I think it is one of those up and coming things that people are, are taking a look at. Um, and as a company, you know, we're just, we're going to continue to innovate and, and bring foods to, to people that, that they, they would like and that they need in their, in their lives. And kind of my, my final question for you is, you know, your owner, Kit Crawford, talks a lot about your company being different from other companies. And what makes Cliff different? You, you touched on this a little bit at the start, but why should a, a maybe a, a young food scientist or somebody looking for a, a new job or position, why should they consider Cliff Bar? It is a very different company. Um, and I think a lot of times people talk in the the work-life balance terms. And I, I mean, I think for Cliff, it's it goes beyond that. It's about being authentic being authentic as a company and being authentic as individuals. I think a lot of people, they, you know, they go to work and they have their kind of their work persona, and then they go home and they have their home persona. At Cliff, you have one personality, you have one persona, you know, and, and that was one of the things that I noticed immediately, but we are, we're a five aspirations company. So it's not just about what is the bottom line. Um, so we have five aspirations. We are sustaining our people, sustaining our communities, our planet, our brands, and our business in that order. Um, and there's just, there's a lot of unique things that the company does. It's not just about being a dog friendly office. It's about, you know, we have a speaker series called Luna voices where we have very unique and inspiring speakers that come in. Um, people like Gloria Steinem, people like Betty Reed Sorkin, who became a, a park ranger at the age of 80 and is still a park ranger in her hundreds. Uh, we have an inspiring speaker series, you know, where we have different speakers come in like Steve Kerr, if you're a Warriors fan, Brene Brown. Um, one of the ones that resonated with me and probably one of the first ones that I saw was a, a gentleman by the name of Mick Ebling. Um, he works for a company called Not Impossible Labs. And basically they were doing this project where they were printing 3D arms for children in the Sudan. Um, and it was just so inspiring. You know, and so there's other programs like our ability to volunteer on company time. You know, I've been able to work with a, a local agency, Scientific Adventures for Girls, where we are introducing girls as, you know, as young as third grade to different science concepts, whether it's chemistry or engineering or biology. So it's just, it's the culmination of everything. But I do think that the bottom line is that we are an authentic company. You know, we, we, we walk the walk, we talk the talk, and we just, we get to be ourselves, which is just a great thing. 
Well, Shanti, uh, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate your insights today. I'm glad we were able to cover all those different products. And like I said at the start, I, I've been wanting to get you guys on for, for some time. So really appreciate your time today and, and looking forward to see seeing what you guys do in the future. Yeah, no, thanks again for inviting me. I've, I've used your your equipment for the, the bulk of my career. So yeah, this has been good. I'm Zachary Cartwright. This is Water and Food. Find this podcast on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.